Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Canadians that are making waves in, um, in Canada in terms of women of impact, in which I highlighted a few names that you can definitely go back and check on. I did also mention about my how I was invited for a book launch and it was to a book called We Rise in Power which is a compilation of stories uh, from these authors uh, specifically women of color coming together to write this story with themes of empowerment and motivation and finding your purpose and going through with that well I was able to get one of those authors on today's episode so to wrap up for international women's month i've got the author christina williams on today's episode so sit back relax and enjoy the episode Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of A Shot of Melanin. I'm so glad you guys are here joining me on this latest episode. I've got a special guest. Now, before we do get into today's episode, I do need my listeners to do a huge favor. I need you to definitely rate and comment on the podcast if you're listening, especially through Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts, because what that does is that helps my podcast end up on top charts. So, you know, when you log on to these platforms, you will see... Um, um, a podcast episodes that are advising you what podcasts you should listen to. Well, this is the goal for this podcast. So definitely, please, please, please rate and review the podcast so that I can end up on those charts. So today's episode, I've got a wonderful guest here. Um, she actually approached me and we had a conversation. I um, don't want to give too much away because I do want her to um, uh, introduce herself. So I've got here Christina. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. So without me giving it away, let's jump into this. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to becoming an author. Okay. Um, Well, my personal journey to becoming an author, um, I've written for some marketing publications. I've written throughout my career. Uh, pieces um, specifically for this book 
uh, I aligned with a lady by the name of Lola Small, as well as a culmination of co-authors um, to create We Rise in Power, which effectively is, you know, this beautiful book um, with a culmination of stories from women of color uh, speaking to different adversities that we've gone through at different stages or junctures in our life, uh, really shaped to offer itself up as, you know, a potential guidebook for other women of color who may be experiencing the same thing, be it in their careers, in their personal life, etc. We really kind of opened up our hearts and, you know, shared, you know, some of our hardest experiences and how we came through those to sort of set the path or offer or offer up a path to the to the readers um, for finding their way through, you know, challenging the challenging things that we go through as women of color. All right. Now, what made you want to be a part of this compilation of stories with other women? Uh, the timing of the book uh, came right around the same time as the George Floyd murder. Um, for me, that <clears throat> invoked a lot of, you know, strong, strong, strong feelings. And I felt that complacency wasn't enough. I wanted to be able to say something. I wanted to be able to open up, share my stories um, and, you know, just not be quiet anymore about what is unreasonable or about the atrocities that, you know, we're all facing every day. Um, so the timing of the book stemmed right around that time where I was feeling, you know, impassioned to, to do something, to create something, to say something. Um, and so the timing was perfect for me in that regard and offered me an opportunity to know really take a deep dive into myself um, you know get in touch with my my own feelings that I had with respect to some experiences that I've had and sort of move forward from there now how did you come about narrowing down these specific stories because I'm sure you got so many stories but how did you sit down to write your part in the story and narrow it down to these particular ones well, yeah, you know, the tragedy in itself is, you know, as women of color, we do have a myriad, especially as adult women of color, we do have a myriad of experiences to pull from. And that's unfortunate. You know, I'm still encountering things in my day-to-day -day life now, even in lieu of building up a resiliency from childhood. So um, for me, you know, this is a long game. I do want to write more. Um, I do have much more to contribute. So I looked at this opportunity as um, a juncture for me to start at the beginning and shape, you know, as, as a child, you know, the things that I had gone through that have shaped me to where I am now, basically. Mm. And so when our listeners buy this book and read this book, what main takeaways do you want them to get from this book? Well, for myself, um, in creating my chapter for the book, uh, it took two years. So, um, you know, this is a heartfelt project from every author in the book. There's 12 of us total. And it took two years to really take a deep dive into, you know, the experiences that uh, impacted me the most. And every chapter will read to that in the book from, you know, all of my, my peers who wrote in the book as well. For my chapter specifically, the main takeaway is upon reflection uh, as an adult, so going back to myself as a child, 
you know, knocking on the door of my house and, you know, little me answers the door and we have this long conversation about what happened inside of that house, um, as well as then, you know, what happened to me through high school. What I actually found and what was therapeutic for me um, was that there was a light inside of me that I didn't recognize, that I had never celebrated or recognized. There's a power inside me during those circumstances that I had never, you know, given honor to. Um, And then outside of that, you know, there's myself with my own internal light, my own power. There's the darkness. And then there's this beautiful light out just outside of that, that I also, you know, didn't take the time to recognize. I think so often we go through things in life and we survive them, right? We come through them. We're strong. We're resilient. You know, I'm glad that's over. But what I learned from this project is, you know, and I said this at the launch party as well, our resiliency deserves a voice. You know what I mean? It gets us through the tough times, but you have to have a conversation with that resiliency. It deserves an opportunity to speak as well. Um, And so the main takeaway from my chapter is just, you know, there's a, there's a power and light inside of all of us, even on our darkest days. There's something working for us that we don't even, I believe it's innate. We don't even control. It's in here. It's a beautiful gift that we have, and it will see us through the darkest days. But then also just past this darkness that may feel like it's surrounding everybody. There's light and kindness and love, you know, from everywhere coming in, be it your family, be it your friends, be it your community, um, you know, so for me, yeah, the main takeaway is just, you know, your darkest day, there's glimmers of light. So focus I on like that. I really like that because it's really encouraging to people, especially when they're going through those dark spaces, to definitely draw and find that light. And I, I did get a sense of that when, spoiler alert, I read her chapter, uh, listeners, um, but uh, I did get a sense of that about finding light in the darkness. And I think that is such a great thing. Um, the The fact that you were so vulnerable in this story and explain that, I also do think that not only were you telling people to find your light, but it was also very comforting, comforting to know that whatever anyone is going through, whether it's similar to your story or maybe just a little bit more intense, that, you know, people have gone through it. And so it's just comforting to know that like you're not alone. And I know a lot of people tend to look at it like I'm the only one going through X, Y, and Z. I know as a black woman, I also have dealt with um, forms of racism. And at the time, I went to a primarily um, white school. And in my mind, I thought I was the only one going through this. So I do feel like this could definitely help for example, the younger generation coming up and reading this book and specifically your chapter, knowing that they're not alone. And again, to find their light or light in others in in the midst of the darkness. So I really loved your uh, story because I think it was very encouraging for me too, you know, even in, even if it's not in terms of racism, um, as a black woman, we do definitely have um, periods where we kind of do feel less than, or, you know, great example was the night of the launch party. I suffered from serious imposter syndrome that night. And um, I, when listening to the story and your story about finding light, it was very comforting to know, you know, to keep pushing and keep going. And so I really did like your story. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. Um, 
No problem. Um, now, you mentioned in your story this early friend and her family helped shape your first real interaction as a woman of color. How did that help you or what realization did you have? Could you elaborate a little bit more on that on how it, and ways that it sh- uh, shaped you? Mm-hmm. So it offered perspective into a community I didn't have access to. They were my like main gateway into you know, my Black community basically. So sitting in their space with them and being a part of that with them, um, you know, my, my friendship with this girl was, it, it felt sisterly. Like it, there's, there's a feeling, you know, that comes from our community and it's hard to articulate or put to words, but there's a sense of belonging just by being, you know, together or, you know, just by being. So, um, you know, being a part being able to witness, you know, the plantain bananas and beautiful mm. hair scarves and, you know, her beautiful braids. Um, it, it offered a perspective to me that I would not have had otherwise because our community, our black community in trail was so, so small. So mm. you know, always, I remember really appreciating that as a child. And then when I was working on this book, just looking back, you know, that really, that really stood out to me, which was great. Now, I know you had mentioned that you were working with 12 other authors because this is a compilation of stories. Um, now, meeting everybody, I'm assuming that night at the book launch, that was like face-to-face meeting with everybody. What was that experience like? And then hearing the other ladies' stories, what was that night like for you? So, unfortunately, we didn't get to meet everybody. There were a few okay. authors. I'm still looking forward to meeting. But... Um, you know, we have a sisterhood. We have an immediate sisterhood. Um, you know, many of us had just received our own copies of the book. Um, so, you know, really had a chance to, you know, dive in, you know, cover to cover to see, you know, what we had all shared. And, you know, they're a beautiful, beautiful group of women that I, you know, feel really honored to be a part of, uh, you know, the same group with, uh, with this project. Um, you know, they're all esteemed. They're all strong and they've all gone through monumental challenges to get to where they are today. And, you know, there's a real sense of pride in that and being, having created this community together as a group. And, you know, I feel like it's just the beginning for us. Like they're really powerful. We're a powerful group, which is amazing. We have a lot to say, so. Yeah, and you could definitely get a sense of that that night. Like the, collectively, you guys were definitely very powerful and had such wisdom and so much to say. Like, I won't be surprised if another book comes out and you guys are all on it again because there's just so much that was like I felt like a sponge just soaking up all of that energy because it was a really good vibe and energy as well as the, like I said, the knowledge and the wisdom. Now. Now that the book has been launched, I'm assuming that you guys still, you know, have the conversations. Is there ever a moment where you're having like a surreal, like, oh, I'm an author. Whoa. Um, I don't know so much. Like for me, I feel like it's just like, keep going. You know what I mean? Like, just, just keep going, keep going. Um, I feel, uh. I feel fortunate to have been able to contribute to the project. Um, I do, I feel like it's wonderful to be able to say that 
I'm an author now, as well as a best-selling author. Like we hit the bestseller charts on Amazon the very first day, which was Yay! Really incredible. And uh, the whole experience is just surreal. It's like nothing you could even expect, right? It's just really something else. Even at the book launch party, like um, the impact that it had on the group and the valuable, you know, really inspirational conversations I found myself having with the people who had come to, you know, cheer us on was just, just exceptional. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of power and beauty in, in the words and in momentum that it's gaining now that it's been released. That is so true. There was a lot of love in that room, a lot of support, um, so that was a great night. I have to say so. Well, one, thank you for that invite. I really did appreciate it. Um, now just getting back into the, like I said, I don't want to give out too much because I do want our listeners to buy the book and read it. So in one particular story, you talked about running for something. I'm going to leave a blank <laughs> and how this upset a fellow teammate of you, yours. Now, this individual spoke behind your back, told everyone you wouldn't win. Again, I'm not going to give too much, so sorry, listeners, um, but Christina knows what I'm talking about. But in the story that precedes it, you have a different scenario in which an individual was taunting you. What did you learn in those moments about being Black in an environment, in the environment you were in, and do you carry those thoughts with you as an adult? Mm. So... Um, each of the first experience, uh, you know, being, you know, called a nigger <laughs> in my math class um, in grade 10, um, that was a puncture wound into my soul because, um, you know, my community that I grew up in was a loving, beautiful quiet community full of beautiful families. Um, you know, our black community was small, but there were not distinct differentiations in color lines uh, felt throughout the community from my end at all. Like I grew up happy, had, you know, lots of friends, um, you know, on that end of things, no complaints at all. And I had never actually, to me, that's the first sort of visceral experience where I was like, whoa, whoa what? So that really, that's, it scared me. It, it scared me initially. And, you know, it, it left a puncture wound and, and one that won't heal, you know, cause it really sort of set, it, I, I had to develop a new uh, form of resilience in going through that. Right. And then having come through that, I let my guard down because I thought, well, it must be an isolated incident. You know, this isn't, this isn't my community, this isn't my town, you know, none of my friends feel like this, like, so I put it behind me thinking it was an isolated incident, and then it reared its ugly head again, you know, almost worse, in grade 12, and then I was forced to, you know, again, dig deep and find that resiliency. I wouldn't say dig deep, I feel like it was a resting resiliency, like once you once you develop that, it doesn't really go anywhere. So to your question about into my adult life, we carry those things, right? In our emotional backpack as a, our toolkit, you know, to use as we need them. But it would be a beautiful world if we didn't need them. But That's true. And do yeah. you find now being an adult, how do you 
um, best guide. I know you have two young daughters. How do you guide them along this kind of conversation? Because, you know, they do have, um, they are black as well. Um, how do you have that conversation with them? What is it that you want to put in them essentially so that knock on wood, this never happens, but if, if faced in these situations, how to respond, how to go about it. So honestly, it's part of our day-to-day conversation. We speak about race. We speak about culture. We speak about diversity and inclusion on it. It's part of our like daily conversation. Um, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, you know, whenever the girls are faced with a challenge, well, well, I'll say to them, you know, you can, okay, you could do this, or you could do this, or is there something that you think they they feel empowered to come up with their own solutions, but we just have, you know, open dialogue for everything. They know about all of my experiences already. So, you know, I've, I've lent light to that for them. And, um, you know, through the school system, they have felt their color already, not through racial interactions, but through being a part of such a small community, especially when, um, you know, Black History Month comes up or, you know, they start reading uh, books at school about the Underground Railroad or they're put in positions where they, it's palpable. They feel their color. They mm. feel it in a moment, right? And so do their friends. So, um For us, it's just celebrating our cultures. You know, my husband's BIPOC as well. So um, Indigenous, uh, Japanese, like we have a full mix of culture within our girls and we celebrate all of them, um, every juncture that we get. And they're already very resilient and very bright and um, very strong. So I feel like experiences are subjective. You know what I mean? You want to be able to prepare your children for absolutely everything they're going to face in their life. But at the same time, you have absolutely no idea what they're going to face. So um, it's just teaching them that they have their own power and to only give power to situations that are worthy of it as well. I think that's very, very important. That's a good point. Only give power. I love that. I want to keep that in mind because, as you know, I'm a mother of two. So they're young now. But when they get older, I will remember this episode. (laughs) Now, you talked about um, quite a bit about finding your light. 
How do you allow your light to continue to shine in a world where you're reminded of who you are or your place? Right. So when I talk about finding my light, the lesson for the project, the lesson for me in, in the project was recognizing that I didn't actually have to find it. I didn't have to find it. It was in me already working for me. Do you know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like we're, we're in these dark spaces. We're like trying to find something to hold on to, to like pull us out of it. But it's already, it's already in here. The light is already, you know, in here. So um, being able to rest in that, like rest in your light, knowing, you know, that you're a, a powerful, strong person um, really extends through to, you know, where I am as an adult now. I know that I can get through the tough stuff. I know that I will get through the tough stuff. I don't want the tough stuff, but if it comes, you know, I, I know that I'm going to do, I have the skills and I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to get through them. And I'm not going to lay down and I'm not going to take anything from anybody. I'm not like my resilience has a voice. That's the way Mm -hmm. that I share my resilience. So, you know, if you find me in a room where I'm challenged or being diminished or, you know, somebody's trying to put me into a box that I will not step into, um, I have a strong voice speaking to that. Other people's power shines in different ways. You know what I mean? But I'm, uh, I've grown into a woman who, you know, will vocalize very quickly what, what I think is okay and what I think is not okay. So it's also, from my understanding, what I'm getting is it's also kind of just speaking up for yourself and not, you know, allowing people to put you in these boxes, if you will. Um, so that and that's what I'm, that's what I feel like I'm also getting from that as well. Yeah. And that comes back to the PowerPoint, you know, that we spoke about with our children, right? I'm not, I'm not giving anybody the power to put me into a box or diminish me. And same with my co-authors in the book, they will not be stepping into boxes that people will want to put them in that will diminish them. It's just not, we're not doing that. So if you don't give people the power to diminish you or try to make you feel small, you're not going to be small. You know what I mean? It's, it's holding that, holding that and emanating that, that I think is most important, really. I agree. I totally agree. Um, also in your story, you did talk about uh, the strength of your mom and how she was a role model for you. Do you think she was able to equip you with the tools to deal with the outside world being a person of color? Um, my mom's, so my mom's resilience shines through the chapter, right? She's my champion. Um, and throughout my life with her as her daughter, she's always emanated, um, you know, a resilience through kindness in class. You know, she's a very kind, loving woman, but she's not taking any crap either for, you know, she won't take it for long. And, you know, she'll make the moves that she needs to make to do that. And that's, you know, again, subjective to the life that she and I have had together. So she's equipped me with those tools by living through them and letting me see her go through the experiences that she's gone through. Uh, mm-hmm. And I carry, you know, what I learned from her into my life. And it helps me, you know, in many situations as a woman of color, again, to my point earlier, 
we can't prepare ourselves, our children for experiences that we don't know that, that we're going to have. But I've been able to lean on, you know, the experiences that I've seen her go through to find my own voice, find my own position, um, understand for myself what is acceptable and what is unacceptable, and then, you know, move through those from there. So I definitely attribute much of my strength to, you know, being able to go through those experiences with my mom and then shape my power from them into the experiences that I'm having in my life, including being a woman of color. Nice. Um, Now, with where you are in life, what would you tell your younger self to encourage her or inform her, specifically faced with the situations that you've been in in your particular chapter? Yeah. So... You know, part of my process was essentially going back to my younger self. And uh, there was a catharsis there. You know, like this book was, you know, therapy for me in a sense where, again, I was taking a moment to, you know, recognize my resilience and then give it a voice. Um, So, you know, the advice that I would offer to my younger self is found within the chapter. Like you can find it based right. on the way I recall uh, those memories and what I learned uh, through them. And basically it was just that I'm a powerful human being. We all are. And, you know, adversity will not get us down. It won't. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself. Ooh, I love that. Believe in yourself. I, I know that, I mean, in comparison to like men, women tend to kind of talk themselves down. I was funny because I was reading an interesting statistic or an article rather, and it was saying that men are more likely to apply for jobs, even though they're not qualified for it. Whereas women will talk themselves out of it as to they are not, they are not good enough. They're not qualified, whatever the situation may be. And so that's a great point to have is to believe in yourself. Maybe be a little bit overconfident. Who knows where it can lead you. (laughs) But um, you got to scare yourself a little bit every day. If you find that you're facing something terrifying, you know, in your career or in your life, throw yourself and jump in with two feet because you're going to come out better on the other side. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Like, as you mentioned, um, the book was launched on International Women's Month and and congratulations for being a top seller or number bestseller on, um, on Amazon. So for my listeners, if you do want to purchase the book, I will leave that information in the show notes. It is available on Amazon for you to purchase. So obviously I need to ask you the question in honor of women's, I know it's women's day, but we're going to celebrate this for the month. So I'm going to say in honor of women's month, what woman would you love to have a conversation with? And what is the first thing you'd want to talk about? Anybody. Yeah. So this is, you know, I would absolutely love, in a perfect world, this would happen. I would love to meet my great, 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 great grandmother who came over on the slave ships from Nigeria to be a slave in Virginia and had her history stolen. I'd love to have a conversation with her about where our family came from in Nigeria. I would love to honor her history and have the opportunity to carry that through to you know all of our future lines i think that's the the one of the worst 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 you know travesties that has happened in the world is the erasing of you know black history through slavery so that is the woman that i would want to have a conversation with and honor 
That is a great answer. I mean, nobody would ask people this question. It's like, I want to speak to Oprah. <laughs> I want to speak to Michelle Obama. But this is a great answer. It's true. You're right. Due to histor- uh, history, um, a lot of us don't know our ancestry. I don't know mine's either. My parents are uh, both Jamaican. So you could imagine we don't know which part of um, Africa um, we are from. Um, but I would, that's great. I, I do. That'd be nice to have that conversation and find out your history and all the good information that she'd be able to provide you. But um, now that you've become an author, do you have any plans to write any more books? Is there anything coming out for you next? Anything yeah. more for Christina? Um, I definitely plan to write more books. Absolutely. Uh, I loved the whole process. Uh, I've always wanted to write. Um, so to be able to do so now and to now have, you know, one book under my belt. Um, I, you know, it's, it's lit something up inside of me and I definitely, nice. I have much, much more to say, um, much, much more to share. Um, in terms of um, anything in, in the immediate future, we are just working really hard to put our book out there in the hands of, you know, everybody across the globe. So we have, you know, um, we have like a global footprint. We are being carried, you know, across the, the globe, which is great. Um, mm. Yeah, myself and my co-authors are really just kind of planning, you know, what's next? Where's the next uh, part of our book tour going to find us? And um, we're going to probably rest in this for the, the next little while anyway. And then, you know, I'm open to opportunities, you know, as, as they come my way. Definitely. Nice. Well, I'm going to be holding on onto that Instagram page. I will definitely. I'm looking forward to whatever next book you're coming out with. Um, what is the process like when you start writing a book? I'm sure, I mean, I don't know, and I'm sure some of my listeners know, don't know, but what is that process like? Right. So my experience, you know, with this initial book uh, was, you know, here's the premise of the book. You know, is there, do you feel like there's something that you would like to contribute to the book? So qualifying yourself as, you know, wanting to or being able to offer value to the project, first of all. And then, you know, you're given your parameters, so your timeline, uh, the number of words, essentially, that you'll have within your space. And then, you know, for me, I started writing my chapter, and then I stopped and I rewrote it totally different. So I got, like, halfway through my chapter, and then I was like, no. And then I started again. So um, it's just really... You know, when you when it's nonfiction and you're speaking to personal experience, it's really just opening up your heart, getting it all out, and then figuring out which pieces are going to fit the best or which ones you want to speak to the loudest, and then scaling that to fit within the project itself. Did you have any fears of when writing your stories, maybe how people may perceive you after reading it? Did you ever have that fear? Um. Well, because you've read my chapter, you know, I'm exceptionally vulnerable in it. You know, I really open up, I open everything up. I put it all out there. Um, And these were incredible, incredibly hurtful, you know, scary experiences uh, that I went through. And, you know, I really, I just got to the point where I was like, this is my story and I'm not going to hold other people's feelings for them anymore that were in these experiences with me. I found that, 
maybe because I had come through them, you know, I didn't want to think about them anymore and I had survived them, but actually I hadn't. And it did require a deeper dive for me myself to, to grow and come through that. So I'm carrying myself and honoring myself and sharing those stories. And, you know, perceptions are perceptions. Everybody's going to have one anyway. You know, it does offer a brighter, you know, deeper perspective into who I am for, you know, my friends and my family who didn't know that I've gone through these things. Um, But, you know, I'm surrounded with love. I have a very loving group of friends. I have a very loving family. And I feel like my chapter will be received with love because it came from a good place, came from an honest, good place. So. Good. I'm glad because I'd be scared. (laughs) I'd be really scared because I don't know what my parents are going to think. But I'm glad that it was received very well. And so, Christina, that's the end of this episode. I just want to to get a moment for you to plug in your socials, where people can find you, and I'll let you take that away. Absolutely. So uh, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm under Christina Williams Author. Uh, You can find me on Goodreads. Uh, you can find me, uh, I have an author page on Amazon and uh, through all of those, um, through all of those platforms, you're able to message me directly as well. So um, please read the book, read the chapter. Uh, I would love to hear your, one of the things that I found most empowering and beautiful is um, people sharing their stories with me and relaying to me that I had inspired something in them in opening up the way I did, it really made me feel, you know, better because there was a vulnerability to our last point. You know what I mean? I wanted to make sure I honored my mom properly throughout the chapter because that was some, some of that was stuff that she and I went through together. Um, But in hearing back from readers that, you know, there was power in that, in my words for them, that, that makes me feel good. And it makes me feel more inspired to continue to share as well. Oh, I love that. Well, Christina, I wish you the best as an author. I'm definitely um, waiting for the book to come in the mail for me so I could add it to my collection of books. I've got a wall full of um, inspiring black female authors, and I get to put that one right next to it. So, again, congratulations. And say, I'd love to offer, you know, um, a certain number of signed copies of the book to your to your audience. Uh, I don't know if, how you want to do manage that on your end, but you know, I I would love to offer you some signed copies. And that's amazing. You. Oh, we will discuss the logistics about that after. But thank you so much. I would love that. And I know my listeners would love that too. Like the, the whole purpose of this podcast is to amplify black voices. And I mean, in a sense of Canadian black voices, we look too much often to our counterparts in the States, you know, the big names, but I'm like, yo, Canada has some dope people too. And so this was a whole purpose of this podcast. And I'm so glad that you reached out to me and we were having this discussion, this discussion and amplifying this book. So I will definitely take your book on that offer. <laughs> we'll get those books signed and definitely signed. We will drop a contest um, for my listeners in which they can get a signed copy from you. So I will definitely get in touch with you again on that. And to all my listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, I 
like I said, I'm going to need you to rate and review. You know the spiel. You can definitely follow us as well on our Instagram. We are on Facebook. Listen, guys, you, I'm even on TikTok, okay? So no excuse. Follow and definitely follow Christina and buy the book. Like she said, it is amazing. If you want to be inspired, this is the book. Christina, any final words before we end the episode? Just thank you so, so much. I've really enjoyed meeting you. And, uh, you know, I love your podcast and I love what you're doing. I think it's really, really, really important. And uh, just you know, thank you so much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.